The subject of today's episode is, well, pretty much more of the same. Attacks on young women, trying to get friends to have sex with them, problems with Halcyon and Halothane, their next and final kidnapping and murder, and the investigation that was all but doomed from the beginning. Paul going off his rocker, as they say, Carla reaching her breaking point, and the downfall of their relationship and their freedom. And, in the easiest terms, it can all be attributed to a flashlight and a Mickey Mouse wristwatch. All on the third and final episode of Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. I'm Kevin Young. And I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. <laughs> and this is Torture. <sighs> well, hopefully everybody's liked the uh, series so far. Been getting some listens, so I guess they are. Yeah, thank you. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, Everybody that's listening, we we just broke 10,000 downloads, uh, which to a, lo- a lot of podcasters is, ah, I did that ages ago, but we just finally got there, so fuck off. I was say, yeah, some people get that within the first five minutes. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. We don't yeah. care for you. You can do your thing. We're sitting <laughs> here doing our up. thing. They drop an episode, they already have 10,000 listens to that one episode <laughs> the second it drops. Because all the people that automatically download the episodes that come up. Uh, I don't know if ours is anybody does that for us. But if you do, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I can't tell you how happy I am to be on the very last episode of Paul Bernardo and Carla Volca. Oh, God, me too. That's why I'm eating this pizza now. Because I'm afraid I won't be able to. <laughs> yeah, it gets kind of grody uh, in this one. There's going to be some stuff that... Uh, there's going to be one part that you really, really like, Dan. I think there's going to be one part that uh, you go, fuck yeah. And the rest of it, you're just going to be kind of, man, that sucks. So when, when Paul slaps an Englishman. <laughs> Notice how I'm not sticking my penis into this pizza. <laughs> Paul. Paul, don't do that. Don't fuck, mm. don't fuck a sandwich. Don't fuck a pizza. <laughs> don't fuck a pancake. All right, before we get started, a call to action. We haven't done one of these in a while, but I was thinking last night, and I was like, ooh, you know what? I need to add that in. We would love to know how you heard of the show. Like, what led you to our fucked up little program? Um, you know, was it on another podcast where we, you know, did a promo? Was it on um, when we did ours with, with our episode with Deb? And maybe you heard our collaboration there or you're just searching through the internet for fucked up shit and here we are um you know we need we need we would like to know that and what has been your favorite subjects do you like the killers like paul and carla or the methods and devices like the blood eagle the rack uh cults like synanon and yerba buena uh, historical figures gilda ray or even events like nan king 
uh, email us torturepod at gmail.com let us know it gives us a better idea what to focus on most and where we should advertise more to get our name out there so more and more people can hear it but you know, yes if you could just take a second yeah that'd be great just i'd like to do how, um yeah more collabs i really like that i would one love to like, I would love to do more collaborations. That was yeah. fun. I know, uh, I know a handful of them that are looking for stuff that I'll, uh, I'll look into doing. Uh, Guys, please don't follow me home. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah, I love that podcast. I think it's really cool. So yeah, yeah, they do a good job. There's a handful of them out there that do a, a, a good job. Um, I'm gonna name a whole bunch of names on here right now, but yeah. There's, there's been a few of them that I've started to listen to from the whole podcast networking community thing. And uh, I would like to get, get a hold of a few of them and see if we can collab. That'd be fun. It's a good time. All right. Well, I guess we have to fucking do this shit and get it over with. So let's finish up Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. Uh, so when we last left Paul and Carla, they had just got back from their honeymoon and find, found out that the body of Leslie Mahaffey had been found in Lake Gibson. Now, most people would take this as a sign to maybe dial it down a little. Lay low for a while. But I'm saying not- just to remind everyone of the reason they found her body is because they were a pair of idiots. <laughs> like, complete and utter idiots. Like, it's like crime for dummies, what not to do. You try and dispose of a body, here's a list of do nots. They take every single one of those on yeah, the way down. It was like, part of it is like, as if they didn't realize <laughs> light, darkness turns into light, and eventually <laughs> they will be able to see. You know, it's dark out now, so it's okay. Oh, fuck. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. They're not criminal masterminds by, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so as well, most people would tra- probably say, okay, let's uh, calm down for a little bit. The Bernardos went a different way with it. And they decided it was time to get a little brazen and a little weird. Carla got more prescriptions for Halcyon, just in case. You know, you got to have that stuff around. You never know when the opportunity might just pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> um, say, they're not like having they st- biscuits there for just in case guests come over <laughs> like having halcyon just in case you find a victim <laughs> on the way home have, <laughs> have a bowl of halcyon like after dinner meds just sitting oh just in case in case any teenagers pop by here you go oh, they, they started stalking a young waitress from a bar in town recording her undressing through her open bedroom window uh, Paul got so excited that he had to jerk off in the car afterwards while Carla, well, laughed. <laughs> she just He's just sitting in the car, just going to town on himself. And she's in the passenger seat, just laughing her ass off at him. <laughs> I thought she was going to lick a particular place again. When he was <laughs> Stick her finger up his asshole <laughs> or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now, uh, Carla, with Paul's encouragement, started running around in their front yard in the middle of the night, completely naked, while Paul watched from the window and, again, jerked off. It's just, they just got, they just got super weird with it, man. Like, it's not the 70s. 
<laughs> not on LSD. Like, I don't know what has happened with these pair. Uh, they're both starting to lose it, I think. <clears throat> now, starting to. <laughs> One day, Paul decided that uh, he had really enjoyed Jane from a few months before. Uh, she, quote, had matured into a lovely young woman. Now, Jane had, even though her mother was concerned and perplexed at why a 20-something married couple would want anything to do with a 15-year-old girl, spent a lot of time with the two over that summer. They took her out of the town, bought her things, and Carla was even able to convince her to please Paul orally a handful of times, but that's as far as she would go. Paul thought that she was developing nicely into a, quote, sex slave, an idea he got from yet another book. Not an original idea in his stupid Canuck head. Just... What was the book? The Bible or something like that? Oh, God, I forgot. It was one of those books that they just barely mention and then go on to something else. I cannot remember for the life of me which book it was. But it was it was another one of those, like, American Psycho type books where if i remember right it was is a guy who captured a, a man and woman that captured another woman and kept them kept her locked up in in their basement and they would go down and use her as a sex slave and then you know just had her stuck down there kind of like what his mom was to his dad and um he got it from there i cannot for the life of me remember what the name of the book was but yeah all of no. all of his ideas pretty much come from movies or, or or books. He doesn't have an original idea of his own. It's it's you know. Songs are pretty original. original. The, the, the songs, songs were very original. You know what? This I take it back. The songs were very very original. Well. Only Paul could have written those. <laughs> anyway, at one point, Paul touched Jane's breast without her consent, and she told her horse riding instructor who then turned around and told her mother. Her mother obviously flipped and went off on Paul, who denied it and was, quote, shaken by the experience. Fucking poser. Your mom yelled at me. It's like first-generation snowflake right there. <laughs> Fuck you. He... he... She, she showed up on a time where he didn't have his deadly innocence with him. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that song was about yeah getting <laughs> yelled at by mom thing, yeah. <laughs> but through all of this whatever she would agree to do with Paul she would refuse to do with Carla which put a damper on things so they figured it was time to get out the halcyon and halothane they invited her to spend the night on August 9th 1991 just like before, Carla plopped some Halcyon pills into Jane's drink while Paul got the camera ready. After Jane passed out, around 3.30 in the morning, Carla got out the halothane and started to administer it. And just as they got Jane's pants off, she stopped breathing. And they both freaked. I can only imagine... Paul, pacing back and forth, crying and stammering like the little bitch he is, Carla started slapping Jane and called 911. I, I just, I, I imagine 
Carla's just down there trying to wake Jane up, trying to get him, you know, get her conscious again. And Paul's just just walking back and forth in the bedroom. Like, no, not again. Not again. Yeah. My deadly innocent God. Oh, all this invisible darkness. Invisible <laughs> <laughs> darkness. So she called <sighs> she called she called 911. Quote, please hurry, my friend has stopped breathing. Um she gave them their address. And then she hung up. You don't hang up the phone while you're talking to 911. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to tell you what to do. Like to... <laughs> you stay on the goddamn... That's one of the main things they tell you. Okay, now just stay on the line with me. It's pretty oh. popular saying. Watch any movie that's got 911 <laughs> in it somewhere. It's, okay, just stay on the line with me. Uh, so Sorry, so... he's got a bolt. Got to hide his body in a <laughs> ravine somewhere. But suddenly, Jane started breathing again. She wasn't conscious, but she was breathing. Now, Dan, I don't know how things work in Ireland, obviously, uh, so educate all of us. Is there an emergency number to call in Ireland? Just like a real quick two or three digit number, you do-do-do-do, and then emergency services? What is it? Uh, 112 now. 112? Like 999. Okay. Um, There's always about 911 now, over y'all's direction. Yeah, yeah. It's 911 here. It's 911 in Canada. Doesn't make um, much sense having a 911, but sure enough. Back in the day, it didn't anyway. Because I it like that because you could also dial four one one for information. So, yeah, that's why. Have you ever heard the the term uh, "give me the four one one" in ah. the old American movies? That's what Ooh. that means. You could dial four one one for information. So that's ah. Now you learn now, something see, new every day. You're learning a bunch of shit today. Yeah. Now, if Dan, if you were to call that number and say something like, "I don't know, my friend isn't breathing. Please come help," and then hung up. And then called back and say, never mind, she's good. Would they say, okay, we'll cancel it? Or would they still show up? Right, no, they still show up. I don't think you'd even have time to call them back because they call you back. If you yeah. call and you hang up, they call you back. Right. Like immediately. So, um, but yeah, no, they'd still, they'd, they'd still show up. Like <laughs> duty yeah. of care kind of thing and all that. Like, yeah, right. there's no way in hell. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, assuming cause it could be, that they don't it could show be up then in this yeah. case. If, you, I mean, it could be it because it, it could be the uh, the perpetrator or whatever that's harming you or something could call 911 and be like, hey, that last call you got, don't fucking worry about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, same thing here. Oh, well, sorry. Uh, misunderstanding. Okay, cool. <laughs> boom. Uh, no. well, it was a lady that called, sir. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> don't show up here. <laughs> Shut up, you. Just starts kicking a cage. Yeah. <laughs> In the <laughs> yeah, everything's fine so, here. Everything's yeah. fine. It's, it's, it's like Han Solo. <laughs> how are you? Everything's fine here. How are you? <laughs> how are you? And then he and then he gets out the little turntable and starts being a nighttime DJ. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the same thing here. If you call nine one one for anything, at the very least, the police will. They might not send out the fire truck and then the and the ambulance and everything, but at least the very very least, a police officer will show up. Um, I was at work. This was about a year, probably a year ago or so. I was at work, and we got a call over the radio. It says this 
know, Kevin Young in the building. I was like, yeah. Like, you need to come to the side entrance, the shipping entrance. The police are here. I'm like, oh, fuck, what happened? I get down there, and they're like, did you call 911? Like, no, I took my phone out, and apparently I had turned on my phone and pocket-dialed emergency on my phone. So they, I was at work, and they found me. <laughs> they're like, okay, just check That's it. That's pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. So if, if, if you call 911... Call emergency services. They're supposed to show up. Apparently, in Canada, if you call them and say, false alarm, she's fine. Sorry, they'll cancel the they'll cancel the fucking call. <laughs> because that's exactly what happened. She called them and said, She's fine now. Don't worry about it. Cancel the call. They're like, Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, she's good. Okay. <clears throat> and they canceled the fucking call. God, I wish we could have got Phil on here to, not to just be like, Canada. what the fuck is wrong with you guys up there? Test it out in real time. Hey, Phil, Phil call emergency <laughs> services. <laughs> Cancel the call. Tell them Cancel, fine. see what happens. Right. Oh, yeah, okay, that's fine then. Okay, so. Should we do that? <sighs> oh, well, they... you sure buddy? <laughs> no, buddy. Well, the waste of gas come out to you, buddy. Uh, they sat up all night with Jane who at one point fell off the bed because instead of watching her, like Carla had told him, Paul decided to fuck off to his music room while a young girl lay with every possibility of dying in their bed. He's like, Why would she you stop breathing a few minutes ago. I think she's okay. I'm going to go write some more horrible rap lyrics. Don't you dare talk down about his rap lyrics. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Come on, pal. Come at me, guy. I always thought that was that was what was wrong with NWA and, and Eminem and uh, Tupac is there was not enough buddies and pals written into the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Far too many bitches and hoes and fuckers and that's still Clean it up. not enough. Hey, buddy. Not enough talk about laminating hooker heads and, and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Where is the poetry? <sighs> now, through the rest of the summer and the fall and into the winter, Paul was unrelenting on trying to get Jane to sleep with him. They would convince her to kiss him in front of Carla. He would manipulate her into oral sex by telling her that if she didn't do it, she couldn't be friends with Carla anymore. And finally, Jane had had enough. One night after telling them that she didn't have any feelings for Paul, they scolded her, telling her that she was worthless and useless. Paul was the best thing that could ever happen to her, all this bullshit. So she left the house, broke all ties with the couple. Thank the proverbial gods, because she probably would have ended up being next. She would have ended up being a corpse. So Paul... Yeah, Paul and Carla decided to have an impromptu Christmas party that year, now that Jane wasn't really in their lives anymore. They invited Van Smyrnas and his wife Joanne, and they brought their friend Janin with them. Now, at one point, Janin got up and went to the bathroom, and before she knew it, Paul was in there with her, the door locked behind him. He, again, wanted to see her pee, I guess. Um, he got down on his knees, trying to get her to have sex with him, while his wife was just a few yards away. When she refused, he raped her on the floor of the bathroom. Of course he did. 
Yeah, because that's what yeah that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, she threw up. Paul got pissed and unlocked the door and let her out. <laughs> just, she throws up. He's like, motherfucker. Unlocks the door, opens. He's like, you know, just go, just go. If that's how you're gonna be, just go. Don't appreciate me. I dare you defile me in such a manner. You have any idea what I've done on this bathroom floor? And you just want to throw up? I got lumps, lumps of carrot all over snuffles. I've written some of my best rap lyrics on the floor of this bathroom. <sighs> Janin told Joanne and Van what had happened, and they did nothing, and they didn't even seem surprised. Then they went and cleaned up her puke. While Paul's sitting there, you know, over all over the puke. <laughs> now, while all this was going on, Police were trying to get a profile on the Leslie Mahaffey killer. They focused on a couple of different people. Um, a Jonathan Yao, a factory worker, was their first suspect, but he ended up killing himself before they could really question him. Uh, then they looked at Peter John Stark, or John Peter Stark. It was put in the book two different ways, uh, but I think it's Peter John Stark. Um, he was a known sexual deviant who was wanted for several missing girls that... Uh, that lead petered out as well, obviously. Uh, they spoke with psychiatrists and psychologists, Dr. Grant Harris and Marnie Price, for a profile. Uh, they knew the suspect would be bright, careful, organized, a white-collar worker, and obviously did not work in construction based on the shoddy cement work. Probably a solid citizen that wouldn't draw attention to himself and would be cooperative if interviewed. Uh, he didn't live in Leslie's neighborhood. He would kill again, and he wouldn't dump in the same place twice. Most of all, pretty spot on. I don't know if I'd go as far as, say, careful and organized and maybe not even bright, but the majority of that, pretty close. Well, jokes on them because I tend to dump in the same place twice. <laughs> same place twice in one day. Uh, they also had said that he lived alone, collected pornography, possibly child porn, which I guess he kind of did, the videos that he made with himself and these underage girls, yeah. um, and that he worked alone. I mean, that's not a bad assumption to make. No one in their right mind is going to think that a husband and wife did these things together. I mean, I mean, I, again, we bring up Fred and Rosemary West. They, you know, they did, but it's such a rare thing to have a husband. Yeah, he's the the, the exception to the rule. Really, is yeah, yeah. Usually, it's yeah. a single person who is like socially inept and all that shit. Yeah. You know, he's, but yeah. that kind of goes goes with Paul. The the. The being the exception to the rule, the whole going back to the scene of the crime, um, doing a lot of stuff that your normal psychopaths and sociopaths and narcissists would do. Paul doesn't seem to do a ton of those. Uh, Ted Bundy always went back to the bodies. Uh, Dahmer kept a hold of the bodies. Ed Kemper kept a hold of parts of the bodies. Um, Paul never really does that. Paul kind of like, do your thing, get rid of them, and then go on to the next one. Yeah. So, which makes it hard to, you know, pinpoint him, I guess. Now, the, the detectives that were working the case, they couldn't be more wrong, however. 
the, the, the psychologist and the psychiatrist, they were right in a few things. The detectives working the case were way out. They, they didn't know what the fuck they were looking for. Because they were sure that, quote, the killer had tools and experience to carry out dismemberment. Therefore, he was probably a laborer who was comfortable with the use of tools and materials such as cement, which cannot be farther from the fucking truth. Paul Bernardo is the <laughs> furthest thing from a laborer. They found a wood chip nearby. It's like, oh, he must be a carpenter or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, and then I was saying, brought found, a car, so therefore he's a Formula One race driver, a NASCAR driver <laughs> or something. You know, they, found, drive a car. they found the body in the lake. He must be a fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> Deep sea uh, fisherman. They also assumed, they also assumed that the crime was committed completely in Burlington, and then he drove nine hundred pounds of cement to the lake, forty minutes away in a sports car. They're like, "Oh, he must have killed her here, then cemented her body, and drove almost an hour away with." Almost half a ton of concrete in the back of his vehicle. The fuck is wrong with you? So what we're looking for is a car that's now angled like this, <laughs> scraping it on the ground, suspension blown in the back of it completely. Exactly. Now, gr granted, they didn't yet know of the sports car. They just knew, you know, had to get it there somewhere. So as far as they're concerned, it could have been a a, a truck of some sort, I, I guess. But um, still. Why would you travel 40 minutes with 900 pounds of cement in the back of your vehicle uh, waiting to get – 40 minutes. You're going to drive 40 minutes with a body in the back of your car. I mean, that's just asking to get in trouble. You, you dispose of the body as quickly and as close to where you are as possible. And then you Obviously, it was a monster truck driver then. That's true. Yeah. It, it, yeah. They were been. looking for Bigfoot. Is what they were. Gra oh, grave digger. They were looking for yeah, grave the grave digger, digger driver. That's they were trying was, to yeah. be as on the nose as possible. Yeah. With it. Only one truck could do this. Grave digger, <laughs> this Sunday. <laughs> you'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Unless you're one of Har Bernardo's victims, in which case you apparently only need the floor. Oh. Now, at the. Uh, that was. They rough. also. I yeah. apologize. They, <laughs> they also felt that the perpetrator would now be under a great deal of stress and were would precipitate changes in their behavior, like abusing alcohol or drugs, or find religion. Um, when in actuality, Paul Bernardo was perfectly fine, had no stress at all, was perfectly fine with what was going on. Um, they asked the FBI for help and to set up surveillance at grave and dump sites, thinking that killers always visit the scene of their crimes, and they encouraged the Mahaffey family to have a big, elaborate memorial service on the anniversary of her death to help drum up media attention, because nobody gets the media going like a crying, depressed mother, you know? During this whole time in this area of Ontario... Many people were noticing a gold sports car creeping around parking lots, following people around town, following people to their home, creeping around bus stops. And they even called the Port Dalhousie police on more than one occasion to tell them of a gold Nissan 240SX 
acting strangely with the driver that was recording people as they as he drove, to which the police did fuck all. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> oh. just old school camcorders are like Fuck this <laughs> it's got the reels on the side of it. <laughs> He's got the boom mic hanging out the fucking yeah. window. <laughs> Say something. Tell me about your boyfriend. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you remember those early 90s camcorders? They were fucking, I mean, he could have made it out of a block of cement. Yeah. <laughs> well, he couldn't have. No. Anyway. <laughs> That's a good point. He could not have. No. Now, 3 p.m. Thursday, April 16th, 1992, 15-year-old Kristen French was walking home from Holy Cross Secondary School in St. Catharines when a woman in a gold-colored sports car yelled at her to give them directions. Now, while Kristen helped Carla, Paul got out and forced her at knife point into the car. Carla, from the back seat, held Kristen down by her hair as Paul threatened to slit her throat if she screamed as they drove away. So, again, with the trigger warnings, uh, here we go. (laughs) Just, that's all I'm going to tell you. Here we fucking go. Now, when they got home, Carla disconnected all the phones, except for the one with the answering machine. They felt it would be best to return any calls they got while they had their way with their sex slave. Yeah. Which, but I mean, whatever. Um, she then closed the blinds and locked the doors. Paul took Kristen upstairs and told Carla to stay put. Stay. Obedient as ever. Sit. Sit. Good dog. Mm. He blindfolded her. Who's a good girl? Caref- <laughs> don't, I don't want to go. Oh, it's a good girl. Oh, yeah, that's good. I don't want to yeah. go through that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he blindfolded her, careful to let her curly brown hair, which reminded him of Jennifer Galligan, to flow freely. He took her to the bathroom and recorded her as she urinated. It's uh, something he would do a few times. I think that's a. Uh, I don't think it's so much like he likes to see them pee. I think it's more of a demeaning thing. No, that's it. Yeah, to... it's the most yeah. demeaning thing. One of the most demeaning things you could do. Yeah. Yeah. By the time he got to about after six p.m., by the time it got to after six p.m., Kristen told them that her mother would be worried, which obviously her family was. Um, Kristen was always home about fifteen minutes after school let out to feed and walk her dog. And they only waited a couple hours before filing a missing persons report. And that's another myth that's been perpetrated by media. You don't have to wait 24 hours or 48 hours to report somebody missing. They only have to be gone for a short amount of time before you can report them missing. Uh, Cops might not do a whole lot about it, but you can report somebody missing within, you know, a very short amount of time once they're gone. There's always a touch of drama added for TV and movies to add tension to things. So Yeah. She's been missing for... 47 hours. Oh, I gotta wait yeah. that 48. Got yeah, one that's more it, hour to go. They're sitting it's there with the pad of Because they, they always say it's true, though. It's like the first 24 hours are the most important. Yeah. You know, the first 24 hours. 24 hours. Well, it's, it's the first 24 hours after the first 48. Oh. After the, yeah, you just see them. It's 47 hours and 59 minutes, and they're sitting there with piece of paper and a pen, and a pen just waiting to write down yeah. the name. They're like, well, her yeah. name is no, 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 no. You yeah. got one more minute. Just one more minute. She might walk in the door. You never know. Huh? 
<sighs> anyway, they started giving Kristen drinks, uh, screwdrivers mostly. And Paul told her to, quote, Tell my dick you love him. <laughs> and making her <laughs> he's making her grab his penis. Quote, tell me you want tell me you want me to be happy, so maybe you can go home later. Uh, he made he made her give him oral, telling her how good she was and pumping her with more and more alcohol. Kristen ended up vomiting so hard her blindfold almost came off. Safe. Of course she did. You're pumping her 15 year old girl with alcohol and making her do these things. Of course she's gonna. He's, Why does everybody keep throwing up in this place? Mm, get pissy. I'm surprised he didn't unlock the door and just let her run out. It's like go, just go. You don't like it, go. <laughs> Mr. Snuffles doesn't like you anymore. <laughs> now they went up to the couple's bedroom and made Kristen get naked and crawl under the covers as Carla recorded her giving Paul a less than enthusiastic blowjob on his less than erect penis. Mr. Snuffles wasn't ready. No. He's having performance issues. So he was. Paul then put her on her knees, ass in the air, and raped her from behind while she cried out in pain and Carla recorded. He would punch her in the back to the rhythm of the LL Cool J song they were listening to, uh, pulling back hard on her hair, forcing her to tell him she loved him 26 times over the course of the next few minutes. This is a man with some real fucking mommy issues. <laughs> he has some real me. issues in general. Listen to LL Cool J? Come on. Like... <laughs> Hey, Mama said knock you out was 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 solid. I'll okay. give you that. You got to remember, this is the early early nineties. This is nineteen ninety two. Yeah, yeah. I it's, mean, this is all about LL at know, the time. Yeah. Uh, Paul gave her some sleeping pills against Carla's advice, and then they stuffed her in the closet for the night. What? Why? Like, we're done with that. Put her away. <laughs> it's. Uh, Dan, I don't know if, if you know this or not. I don't know if it's come across yet, but they're shitty people doing shitty things. I know, yeah, but like sometimes <laughs> it's just very confusing, like in the way they go about stuff. You know? Yeah. Like, why stuff her in the closet? I mean, what what's the point? Just tie her yeah. up on the floor or, or, or something. I mean, she's full. You pumped her full of sleeping pills. You're lucky she doesn't die in the middle of the night. Why are you stuffing her in a closet? Uh, <clears throat> but the next day, they are wild what? magic sorcerers, and every time oh. they have to make a decision, they roll on that table, and some random shit happens, and their <laughs> random brains churn out some complete another piece of crap that happens that. Paul Can you imagine to... what their random encounter chart would look like? If they were to <laughs> I don't want one. to know. I'm kind of yeah. I be kind of nervous about it, but <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Oh, natural twenty stuffer in the closet. After <laughs> <laughs> one, oh, just toss her over the bridge. Which part of her? <laughs> just one part. You know, with... Put her in concrete first. Do we yeah. kill her? Doesn't say that. Just says put yeah. her in concrete. Well, I got a great idea. Let's get some boxes. Let's fill them with concrete. Let's put the body parts inside concrete. And then figure out how to move them later on. Like an idiot. Like, 
What do we do after that? I don't know. That's as far as it went. That's as far as my idea goes. Just concrete. I'm shocked he actually <sighs> even got that far. The more I think yeah. about it. I'm, I'm kind of surprised he even knew to go to a lumber store for that stuff. Like he just went down to the, he's like, you imagine he's looking through the old yellow pages for concrete store. <laughs> hey, he'd be coming next... in five minutes to be fair nowadays because he would have Googled it. So. Yeah. Now the next day after Paul watched Kristen bathe in their jacuzzi, he had her get dressed in her schoolgirl outfit, not including her Mickey Mouse wristwatch that now belonged to Carla. And Carla got out her old girl school outfit and she put it on. Then he had them do, quote, what girls do. Makeup, perfume, skin creams, uh, you know, all that stuff. Just kind of having like dinner. a little sleepover with it. Uh, Paul, suggests that they, Paul, Paul suggests that they have dinner and watch a movie. Uh, no, sa- <laughs> no sandwiches. Uh, he wasn't going to. No. He had something else that he wanted to have sex with other than the sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> Which, by the way, again, if you listen to that first episode, if you're if you're hearing us talk about Sam, he didn't have sex with the sandwich. That's just an analogy, Danny. He didn't actually have sex with Sam. Hey, look, we don't know <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> that we honest. know of. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. He could have. Uh, Paul suggests that they have dinner and watch a movie. They told Kristen that she could have whatever she wanted. It's like it's your night. This is all about you. What do you want? Oh, it's all about me. Can I go home? You know what I'd really like for dinner? My mom's home cooked meatloaf. Can we go have my mom's home? Can I just go over to my mom's house? I would. I, they may have fallen for it. I don't know. But um, they told her she could have whatever she wanted. So they got, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. This just shines a light onto the early 90s. Pizza from McDonald's. What? <laughs> I knew you were going to say was that. Was that a thing? Uh, that was a thing. Uh, McDonald's oh. served pizza for a short amount of time. Um, I don't know how long rough. they did it in Canada, but in America, it was short they they uh, McDonald's sold spaghetti for a very short amount of time. <laughs> yeah. They were really trying to branch out. <laughs> I can't even take it. Like, hey, you want to get some spaghetti? Yeah, let's go get a McDonald's. <laughs> It's McDonald's no. Paschetti. <laughs> no, thank you. That's why I have. It probably Ronald. still tasted like everything at McDonald's tastes the same. Right. Has that yeah, smell and taste? So everything does. I imagine now that that's what the pizza and the spaghetti tasted like. Can I Just... get the linguine with Big Mac sauce, uh, extra pickle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I just thought like Big Mac sauce carbonara or something. Big Mac sauce carbonara. Just the microwave bacon. I will never trust anything like that from a place like that, purely because of the fact I've seen it in, in things before where they had, like, let's say, the leftover burgers that they chop up and they turn them into chili and stuff and the last, like, an extra five That's days. Wendy's. Yeah, Wendy's. Yeah, and I, I... No, no. Food uh, and... and- that, and everybody know, that you know that you go if you go out to these like fancy restaurants and they have the best tasting like croutons in your salad just know that the bread that got left behind on people's tables is what they're taking back letting go stale chopping up cooking and those are your fucking croutons if it and if it's not that they're coming straight out of a bag from some you know factory somewhere so restaurants are disgusting yes <laughs> yes part. they are and I, I yeah and yeah i'm not going to comment no. I, I could go on a rant <laughs> But I won't. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, 
they tied Kristen up so Paul could go get the food and a VHS. That's a very old style uh, sentence I just said. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> he's going to go get pizza from McDonald's and a VHS from Blockbuster. That's a very old <laughs> sentence that some of our that some of our listeners probably don't know what that is. Well, I saw a thing today to say that people are now referring to the 1990s and the 1980s as the late 1900s. Uh-huh, yeah. And that it, kind of creeps me kind of, like, That's kind of just... a kick in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> it really hurts. It hurts. Oh, you're from the, the late 1900s. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Fuck off. 1980. Yeah. <sighs> now, Kristen was bigger than Carla, and uh, they were worried... Carla, mostly, was worried that she would try to escape. So that's why they tied her up. He also gave Carla a rubber mallet just in case. Now, Carla let Kristen watch the 6 o'clock news while Paul was away. The main story was on the disappearance of Kristen, uh, her father crying on television. Pissed Paul off something fierce. Uh, Kristen ended up crying so much, she threw up, which, again, probably... Just get out of the closet. Get out of the closet. <laughs> people throwing up around him is funny. Like, just everybody's in that house just throwing up left, right, just throwing up. Why is there so much puke ever? That be said, if I had to hang around with Paul Bernardo for any more than five minutes, I'm pretty sure I'd throw up as well. He's just irritating me. I'd be so annoyed. I'd puke. Fuck out of the guy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up about the invisible darkness. You don't even know what that yeah. means. <laughs> Now, after like first-rate, second-degree burns <laughs> on my soul. <laughs> Laminate ahead. You know how laminators work? Have you seen a laminator? Have you ever even been near a fucking laminator? You know how those things work. <sighs> after the movie, they watched Angel Heart. Paul had them continue with the girl talk. He made her tell Carla how much she loved her. And then he had them do stuff to one another. Uh, you know stuff then paul got in on it he had Kristen give him a hand job be, um, but because he was flaccid she couldn't keep a hold on it just oh jesus <laughs> so he punished her by pushing her on the floor and raping her anally so with the intense level of danger she was in and knowing she was in it Kristen pulls the most gangster move possible, even, I believe, knowing she would be beaten if not killed. Damn, this is the I've told this is I told you that this was the part of the that there's gonna be a part of the story that you love. This is gonna be it. You're gonna go, fuck yeah. If this is what I think it is, <clears throat> I'm getting ready. <laughs> Fist is ready to go in the air. <laughs> so Car uh Kristen shit on Paul and call them a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's not what I thought, but that's fantastic. <laughs> Fucking great. And then she puked on him. This is going to get me in trouble. You know what? Fuck it. <clears throat> I thought there was going to be um, a, a clenching and breaking moment. If you oh, no. no. That's what I was hoping for. Can you imagine? I don't can, I don't know if you can clench a butthole hard enough to snap off a I'm dick. pretty... I'm pretty sure know. if somebody used to especially that, if it's all like strength. <laughs> maybe I mean if it's hard, I suppose then it, it you know harder things are easier to break. But his his 
there's a good possibility his was all like it's soft a, and floppy and just kind of flop, 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 flop. So one particular part squishy. that you need to cause a breakage on, which isn't I'm not talking about a break. Yeah. The bike strap, as they call it, some people call it. How is it hard enough for that? Yeah. There's no tear there. Nah, she just went ahead and shit on him. Which is That's fucking a good one too. It is. Fair play to you. Fair yeah. play to her. So he he threw her in a jacuzzi, in the jacuzzi, while Carla Carla had to clean up Jeez. the mess. And <laughs> uh, he he pissed on her. He's like, yeah, yeah, take that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he tried to shit on her, but he was unable. <laughs> <laughs> Performance anxiety, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> He's a squirt. It's just, he pops a hemorrhoid or something. Pushing so hard. <laughs> She got cleaned up in the tub, and they all went to bed. How do you go to bed after something like that? They're they're so fucking weird. They're probably just like, well, that happened. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. imagine they say she, she shits, calls him an asshole, or whatever else you call him. A bad yeah. <laughs> yeah, bastard. He goes, get into the hot tub. Carly, clean that shit up. Right, it's time for bed. <laughs> and, uh, you imagine she's probably laying in, there in bed with him, like... Seriously? I literally just shit on you. And now we're, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? Um, they didn't even tie her up this time. They, 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 they're thinking, oh, we got her. Uh, the next day was just more of the same. Threats of violence, never returning home if she didn't do what Paul wanted, making her please him physically and emotionally by telling him she loved him, calling him master and king uh, after he, yet again, raped Kristen, and he admonished Carla for only giving him a couple of tissues to clean up with instead of an entire box of Kleenex. You don't need an entire box. Porn stars don't need an entire box of Kleenex. You don't need an entire box, you lip dick son of a bitch. It's quicker to get all the shit off. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I need two for this and then the entire box of baby wipes for all this <laughs> shit I got on my chest. <laughs> now, after this, Kristen would utter her last recorded words. Quote, I don't know how your wife can stand being around you, cuz... And then Paul cuts her off, telling her to shut up. Then the camcorder was turned off. Turned off. See everything. Oh, everything we know that happened, we know because they recorded everything like dumbasses. They recorded her shitting on him and calling him yes. a bastard. Yeah, that is the only way we know everything that happened because they're not going to come out and tell you everything that we know that what happened with this is because they watched the videotapes. And it's all on there. It's the only part that I'd ever like to see of any of that hor- horrible, horrible stuff is just her him shitting on him. Yeah, yeah. Just that one thing. Like, just. He's like, just, okay, blur yeah. out that and Good blur point. out her. I don't want to, I don't want to see her 15 year old naked body, you know? Yeah, that exactly. Yeah, I just want to, to see. And, yeah. and blur out his, his tiny dick. Just all I want is to see is just Feces after the shit is like an. Is like it after it's like an inch away from her, and it's just flying through the air. Yeah, crop <laughs> and everything a, out except crop for everything just out, and just the to, shit, just the, yeah. just a brown streak that goes through the end of the air, and then Paul going, because <laughs> I imagine out. that's what he did. That's what I'm. How could she see me in my invisible darkness? <laughs> <in my chest? laughs> oh God, he's such a fucking idiot. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> it's the whole thing. <laughs> in some ways, I can't wait for this goddamn series to be over because you don't have to talk about him anymore. But in other ways, I'm going to miss him because he's such an idiot. <laughs> he is just such we, a fucking idiot. We can always we can always bring him up later when we're comparing him to other people and be like, well, oh. at least they're not as dumb as fucking Paul Bernardo. <laughs> <laughs> Say, oh, he pulled the Paul. <laughs> he pulled the Paul. <laughs> Now, it's not 100% clear what happened over the next few hours. We know that she was strangled to death, more than likely with the same cord that they used on Leslie Mahaffey. The question is, which one of them actually did it? Because Carla will later claim that Paul did it as she watched. Paul claimed that Carla hit her over the head with a mallet when she tried to run away, and she was strangled to death on a noose, tied around her neck, secured to a hope chest. And then Carla immediately went and fixed her hair, and then they went to Carla's parents for Easter dinner. Uh, there is vol- actual validity to whether or not Car- to, to Carla actually killing her, because when we talked about Leslie Mahaffey, how she they thought she was dead, she kind of came back to life a little bit, and then Paul put his knee or foot in her back as he was strangling her to really, you know, do the deed. Uh, they, there was a similar bruise on the back of Kristen, but it was a much smaller bruise made from a smaller knee or foot. So, so she followed suit from what she said, St. Yes, Paul do. There's, yeah, there is a very good inclination that she may have been the one to actually murder Kristen. Um, either way, they're both guilty of her death obviously now an investigation guilty was under idiots <laughs> guilty of so many things idiots just top of the fucking list uh an investigation was underway for the missing 15 year old the fact that they had abducted Kristen in broad daylight near a school left many witnesses to the altercation uh, burgundy shoe left at the scene marked the spot of the crime The mayor of West Lincoln saw the family on the news, and it jogged her memory. The day before, she had seen what seemed to be a struggle at that exact spot, but she just figured it was kids screwing around. Uh, All she could really give the police was that it was a sports car of some sort, maybe a Camaro. So they started looking for an 82 or newer cream-colored Camaro. So, you know, no. <laughs> look at a Camaro and you look at the Nissan uh, 240SX. Yeah, I, 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 so I, I also um, love how Americans say Nissan. We say Nissan as opposed to Nissan. Nissan? I love the 240SX. I already know that one. Yeah. And then if it's the Camaro, 1980s Camaro, I'm assuming it's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. 82 or, yeah, between 82 and 92 Camaro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, they're both sports cars, but they're not, like, identical vehicles. Yeah, but for somebody who doesn't know cars... If you... Yeah, I, if I, you I, don't I'd be able to know. tell yeah. you that they're different, yeah, but if I wasn't, anyway, into cars at all, I would think, if I saw the same color ones in different instances, I would, you know? Yeah. Well, she said it may have been a Camaro or a Thunderbird. She wasn't sure. Um you can usually tell a Thunderbird's a little bit different, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where they got creamed colored from, I'm not sure because cream colored and gold 
really don't look the same unless you're in horrible lighting. It's that low Canadian sun. That's what it is. If it's not white like snow, I'm not sure what it is. One of the problems with growing a beard is proper beard care. Going on a website or even to a brick and mortar store and seeing dozens of different options, whether it be oils, washes, balms, lotions, razors, butters, or just a massive amount of different companies all trying to sell you virtually the same product with a different logo. It can be difficult and overwhelming. And even worse, <clears throat> see I already fucked it up. <laughs> and even worse so if you're trying to buy beard products for someone else. Well, thebeardstruggle.com has made that process infinitely easier with their beard kits and bundles. Anything from a simple oil kit that gives you day tonic and night elixir, to the complete beard care bundle that gives you the day and night oils, beard shampoo, beard conditioner, beard balm, and the Viking Sea Mineral Beard Mask. The beard growth bundle that comes with the Boxster Growth Accelerator and the Derma Roller, to Cracky Shave Kit that gives you everything you need to keep your beard short and trimmed up. To the mother of all beard kits, the Apex Bundle 2.0 that comes with 15 different products including the heated beard brush and straightener. And if you're still just not sure what bundle to get, you can take their beard routine quiz and the beard struggle will tell you what the best beard care routine and products are for your specific beard type and price range. The beard struggle takes the confusion out of what you get, what to get from the <laughs> Anyway, the beard struggle takes the... <laughs> The reading the ad struggle. <laughs> <laughs> the beard struggle takes the confusion out of what to get for your beard or that special beard wearer in your life. And the best part is since it's a bundle, you save money. And with our exclusive discount code, TORTURE19, that's T-O-R-T-U-R-E 19, you'll save even more, 19% at checkout. And with their 90-day money-back guarantee, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. And since they never test on animals, you can feel good supporting an ethical company that also produces a quality product. TheBeardStruggle.com. Do what's right for your beard. Do what's right for your face. Sort your fucking beard out. They put a lot of time and energy into finding this cream-colored Camaro. I mean, a lot. They got a hold of Camaro manufacturers, got uh, books on how they're made. They had entire teams of people study just the Camaro. It's like the Camaro isn't no. what's killing people. Yeah, Camaro's yeah. not what's abducting people. You don't Stephen need King to know book. how the Camaro works. So apparently you pull on this lever and it goes into drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. Five-speed manual gearbox option. <laughs> we're out there looking Easy for a car that drives. It can go forward, but here's the thing, and backward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put a lot of time into this. Unfortunately for all involved, they did not work fast enough. Kristen bod Kristen's body was found around 8.20 on April 30th, 1992, in a ditch alongside alongside Road 1 in Burlington, naked but intact with the hair chopped off. 
bud, if you're going to chop the hair off, you should probably do it in the one that's going in a fucking cinder block, not on the whole body you're leaving on the side <laughs> of the road. Imagine, yeah, I think, sitting there going, oh, last body, Carla, the um, hair kept coming out, the uh, concrete, so she cut her hair off. Okay, cut her hair off. What are we doing now? Uh, let's just dump her on the side of the road. It's okay. <laughs> you you got to imagine the, like loading her up in the car, and he's like, wait, 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 wait. She's like, what? And he shaves her head yeah, real quick. The hair was a problem last Not time. Not going to have that problem again. Imagine him dumping her on the side of the road. <laughs> Jesus like, Christ, dude. It. Devil, we forgot the concrete. <laughs> Fuck. Now, this was God. just, they dumped her just a few hundred yards away from Leslie Mahaffey's grave. Uh, they concluded, the police concluded, that the French and Mahaffey murders were not related due to the difference in disposal, which I suppose you can make that assumption. I wouldn't say they're not related. I would say... There's a possibility we have two different killers, but I wouldn't say they're definitely not related, but okay. Uh, they again tried to profile the assailants. They concluded that there were two offenders, okay, between the ages of 20 and 35. One dominant, one docile. Uh, she had been held for captive. She had been held captive for two weeks in a single family dwelling, both male and both, both men. Well, you see that she was she was taken uh, near the beginning of April mm. or the middle of April, but they didn't find her body until April thirtieth. So it was right. a two week, fifteen day span or whatever between the time she goes missing and the time she's found. That kind of gets important for horrible reasons here in a minute. Um, they figured they lived in a uh, single family dwelling. Both were male with low self-esteem and very poor social and interpersonal skills, especially with women. They weren't pedophiles. They wanted adult females but couldn't deal with them, which isn't too far off. Um, the more dominant would want to record the attacks. The more docile would simply follow his lead and would have nothing to do with the actual murder. Some of the things they're pretty spot on with. Some of the things they're way fucking off. And the last part is they drive a red Miata. That's <laughs> <laughs> a red car, so therefore it must be a Ferrari, you see. So yeah, yes. Every poster okay. on every little boy's wall uh, Ferrari, I've seen have red cars is a Ferrari. So it's gotta be a it's gotta be a red Ferrari. If it's yellow, it's a Lamborghini. Exactly. If it's gold, it's a Porsche. That's because that's what I've seen in posters at Spencer's. <laughs> now, when uh, they began to examine the body, they found this is going to get a little gross. Uh, they found they found fly larvae in her ears, vagina, and anus, and they ter- they determined that she had probably been dead for around two weeks. Okay, that's a good determination to have. That's something you should build on. Well, it was either that or she had been held captive, raped, and tortured for almost 15 days before being killed and disposed of. Which one of those makes more sense? There's already fly larvae in her orifices. She must have been dead for a while. Or there's fly larvae in her orifices. She must have just died. Which one of those makes more fucking sense? They literally, they literally saw her fall over into that ditch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh flies, flies are already there. That's yeah. what killed her. As soon as she goes flies. in front <laughs> straight away. <laughs> it's like a cartoon that was yeah. going to take off. 
it's uh. and obviously the worst of the so Dan. I know I, I, this is a horrible hypothetical to talk about, but your child goes missing. Yep. They're missing for about fifteen days. Yeah, it's either <clears throat> they were kidnapped, raped, and tortured for a couple days, and then murdered, and then they disposed of the body, and we just now found it, or they were kidnapped, kept locked up for two weeks being raped and tortured the entire time, pure agony, then they kill them and throw them in a ditch. Which one of those two, they're both horrible, which one of those two would be worse? The, the, the short, the, latter the quick would obviously death, be the, or the yeah, long... The, the long, terrible... Yeah. yeah. That's obviously the worst of the two. And, that's, and, that, mm. and that would be the one that is the evidence is not pointing towards. It's actually pointing towards the first one. So the police... Just went and told the family that she was kept for two weeks, locked up, and then murdered. <laughs> they t- they told them the absolute worst thing to tell them, based on no evidence. And then there was a media blackout on the investigation, but the newspapers still printed that Kristen had been tortured sexually for over two weeks before being murdered. Everybody was under the assumption. Yeah, huh? and they didn't confirm a single thing before they not nothing. And this is based it. on like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the evidence pointed the complete different way, and they're like, "Well, it could have happened this way. That makes the most sense." However, it would be asinine if we told everybody this happened. Well, of course we're gonna go with that. You know, there's just somebody sitting there like, "Which one would be funnier?" <laughs> Let's yeah. do that one because they're they're just all. Oh, what is with the fucking Canadian police? Like, aren't the Mounties supposed it, to get the Mounties involved? Back they to, always get their guy. I only keep bringing this back to, to, to um, food and sandwiches, right? But if you imagine this, <laughs> if you, wherever you keep your bread, right? Now, if you were to open up, say, if it's a press or a bread bin or in your fridge, most Americans tend to keep your bread in your fridge, don't you? Because you're weird. Uh, that sugar we don't. I know there crap. there are some people. It, it depends on the the area of mm. of uh, America. Well, we don't keep our bread in the refrigerator. Look, that that promotes mold growth, people. So it does. Don't do don't do that. But anyway, that's actually mm-hmm. part and parcel of what I was about to get to. Those. My point is, if you open up wherever you keep your bread and you take out your loaf of bread and it is completely covered in mold, right? Yeah. Right. Would you think to yourself? That bread's really goddamn old and it's been sitting here for a long ass time and so therefore it's got moldy. Or would you think to yourself, I only that bread, I must have only bought that bread yesterday. And it just got moldy this quickly out of nowhere. Which would you think? If you, Why is it all green? It must have happened just recently. Yeah, like oh well. <laughs> obviously my wife bought that bread yesterday and she bought a terrible loaf of bread. Yeah. As opposed to that's the this bread's bread. fucking old. <laughs> How long has this bread yeah. been in the pantry? It's been a while. Exactly. No, yeah, well, don't use your yeah. fucking heads. <laughs> there's a word of <laughs> there's a word of wisdom from Dan. Don't refrigerate your bread. <laughs> freeze you it. Yep. Or your you tomatoes. You, you, tomatoes. You can freeze it. Call you them. can freeze bread. Now, you only refrigerate tomatoes after they've been cut. Because you leave them out, and they start to get all nasty. After they've been cut, you refrigerate them. Otherwise, you leave them out because then they get all soft and mushy and uh, 
you can freeze bread or you can leave the bread like in a bread box or in a pantry somewhere dark you know um but yeah don't put them in the refrigerator put your batteries in the refrigerator anyway constable scott kenny and sergeant brian nesbitt were assigned to investigate a hotline tip received on May 1st by Ontario Provisional Police Officer Rob Haney. Now, Officer Haney was a regular at the Smyrnas' coffee shop. And one day, Van Smyrnas decided to start talking to the officer about his longtime friend, Paul Bernardo. Paul lived in Port Dalhousie, had been questioned in Toronto as a suspect in the Scarborough rapes, he was aggressive towards women, had raped a girl in the basement of a house, and could, for some reason, could only grow hair on his chin. <laughs> why, that's, why that's important, I don't know. Um, he liked small women. He had short hair, similar clothing to the Scarborough rapist. He had been in Florida at the time of a rape and would disassociate himself from the people in his life every time there was a rape in Scarborough. He had admitted to beating his wife, and he had hit other girls on at least three occasions. It took 10 days for the tip to get to Kenny and Nesbitt. I can imagine them sitting there, let's say, listening to this tip and thinking, you know what, we got to find this guy, because this guy could help point us in the right direction. <laughs> he, he might know, know some sort of. <laughs> he might know somebody in the same circles who might be doing the same things that he likes to do. So therefore... Let's find this guy to help us find oh, no. this other guy. They hear, they hear all this information. Clearly, this guy has something to do with it. And they're just like, does he have a cream-colored Camaro? No, he's got a gold Nissan. <laughs> Not him. Fuck yeah. it. Next. <laughs> <laughs> they just, you got to, they're, they're pulling over Camaros all over the place. They're putting handcuffs on the Camaro, taking the Camaro into impound, <laughs> arresting the Camaro. <laughs> like, sir, good cop, you can go. You're <laughs> You can go. Your Camaro is going to do hard time. <laughs> so they ran all this, this through the Canadian police. In- sitting in a fucking room with a car sitting there shouting at us. <laughs> it's like, we're getting nowhere. <laughs> we're getting absolutely nowhere with this guy. Just the <laughs> lights swinging all back and forth. Yeah. One of them's like, can I get you anything to drink, anything to eat? Are you okay? You're comfortable? The other guy's, tell us where you got the girls from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're just, <laughs> just, the, just the horn honking. <laughs> <sighs> they ran it through the Canadian Police Information Center where anyone charged or suspected of a major crime was entered in and there was no, no Paul Bernardo in the system. They decided to call on him anyway. Because they were told to. They weren't going to. They weren't going to follow up on this because he didn't have a record. But they were But they were told, no, just go, how about this? You go do your fucking job, whether you want to or not. And they're like, Box. they kicked fucking, oh. okay, come on, we got to go catch a killer. <laughs> <sighs> they're walking in like, hey, did you get this guy's new album? Are you reading it? Have you heard about this new song, uh, Invisible yeah. Darkness? <laughs> He does this a lot. Wiki, wiki. <laughs> oh, fuck. So they got to Paul's house. They noticed a gold Nissan 240SX in the driveway. Uh, they knock on the door. It took a while, but Paul eventually answered. They let him know who they were and why they were there. They sat in the living room. 
They noticed that the house was clean and well-decorated. Paul was good-looking, young, blonde, well-spoken, good physical shape, a little preppy. When they asked him if he had uh, ever had a run-in with the police before, he readily told them how he had been questioned by the police in the Scarborough rapist case because he looked so much like the composite, and he had even given them a DNA sample. Uh, they asked him where he was the day Kristen was kidnapped, and he told them he was probably at home, alone, writing lyrics for his upcoming rap album, Deadly Innocence, because he was going to be a rapper when he grew up like his hero, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice is nobody's hero. <laughs> Except for fucking Paul Bernardo, obviously. Uh, after about... 20 minutes they left they even when they're driving down the road they even looked back at the nissan to see if they could uh maybe see how somebody would mix up that gold nissan with the cream colored camaro and they said no there's no possible way anybody would ever mix those two up and they eliminated him as a suspect but i'll mystery murder mystery police work right there <laughs> national lampoons murder investigation yeah. now afterwards when carla returned home from work they decided to hide the videotapes in the insulation of the garage ceiling and start working on new names three days later they had filed a formal application to have his middle name changed to jason as in Voorhees. And both of their last names to Teal after rapist and serial killer Martin Teal from Carla's favorite movie, Criminal Law. Ooh. Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm a known pedophile. I'm going to change my name. What should I change it to? Oh, I know. Jeffrey Epstein. That's what <laughs> killer my killer face. <laughs> killer my killer face. <laughs> now, a one inspector, Vincent Beaven, who was in charge of the Green Ribbon Task Force, this fucking guy, uh, the group assigned to investigate the Kristen French murders, Green was sure. Task force. <laughs> was sure. Sure, that the disposal site of Kristen being so near Leslie Mahaffey was not coincidental. He knew that Kristen had been badly beaten and wanted to see if the marks, especially on her back, matched any of the marks on the Mahaffey corpse. Perfectly logical explanation, perfectly logical conclusion to go to. Oh, I, I wonder if the marks match. But since the body was in pieces, the coroner didn't do the best job of autopsy and didn't look below the skin to see if there's any muscular bruising on the body like there was with Kristen. Can we do an autopsy on the eight pieces of that girl's body? Yeah, um, pretty sure she died from being cut into pieces. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So what do you want me to do? She's dead. Throw her in a box and, you know, take her out of those blocks of cement, throw her in a box and cover her with dirt. I don't know what to tell you. Coron the coroners are doing just as bad a job. As the fucking police. I'm sorry. I was going to say, the poor woman looked like a Minecraft character, obviously. <laughs> it's. <laughs> so they exhumed the casket from the grave and found nothing. The bruises Kristen had did not match the bruises Leslie had. 
I imagine they would be a little different by now. She had been dead for a while. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> ah. Beaven, Beaven was still sure that the two were related. Beaven's then, and I'm sure that, I think this is the only reason he even got into trying to find this killer. It's because he decided to produce a, and star in a crime reenactment docudrama called The Abduction of Kristen French. Boom, boom. With theme music, fast cuts, dramatic sound effects, fade ins and outs, tolling church bells, and voiceovers. A 90 minute long uh, docudrama aired on prime time July 21st, 1992. <laughs> 90 minutes. 90 minutes for a murder reenactment. You can watch not three murder reenactments on one episode of Dateline, for fuck's sake. 90-minute murder. But you don't even know what the fuck happened, and you're making a 90-minute reenactment. It's it could have really happened. the characters. Yeah, that's what it was. It was well, you know. I just imagine it's like the end of Clue. It could have happened like this. Or it could have happened like this, and it's completely... <laughs> Find out tonight who murdered her at the end of it. Nobody In any way, knows what happened. Tim Curry did it, and they just go yeah. arrest Tim Curry and his cream-colored Camaro. Uh, now, he gave himself and the Camaro starring roles, claiming the cream-colored sports car, quote, this is almost exactly like the car that was used in the abduction of Kristen French. You don't know that, you idiot. Now, Paul and Carla watched, and all fear of ever being caught washed away. Not only did the police have the wrong information, but they just went on television and gave the entire region the wrong information as well. It's like you're sitting at home, and they just, you're like, you killed this person, and then they tell everybody the exact opposite. You're just like, we can do this forever. It's, it's pretty funny. That's like these mental <laughs> images of the cops sitting there behind the wheel of the Camaro doing um, a castle on it. You know, they're, <laughs> yeah. And you didn't realize he actually just made the original Vanishing Point or the, the sequel to Vanishing Point. Yeah. It's uh, Vanishing know. Point 2, the Paul Bernardo story, but we haven't cut him yet, so we don't know it's actually him, but we're going to rename the title <laughs> after we finish making the film and release it. It's all on the poster. Yeah. With Vin, with Vin Diesel some for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> him just saying family. Family. Uh, now, <laughs> they ended up trying to do the same thing to Tammy's friend Norma. That they did to Jane. If you remember back first episode, Norma was one of the ones hanging out with Tammy that they were putting chopped up volume in their drinks. And they, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. It didn't work. Now they tried to do the same thing that they had done with Jane, uh, tried to get her to do stuff with Paul. Uh, for months, Paul tried to get her to sleep with him without the use of Halcyon and Halothane to no avail. They were kind of over the whole Halcyon, Halothane stuff. They'd had too many problems with it. Um, Norma said enough was enough and broke all ties with the two of them. A failed attempt to have a three-way with a sex worker. Paul couldn't get and stay hard long enough. Um, but apparently Carla and the sex worker had a very good time. Uh, this Fair seemed enough. 
Yeah. This which is and that's fine. You want to pay a sex worker to have a three-way with you and your wife? Fuck. Go ahead. In fact, do that more often than raping little girls. That was preferable. That's that's perfectly fine. They will tell you you can you can have sex with them. It's what you that's want. That's a hooker whose head he wanted to laminate because they obviously Maybe. too well. Carla, stop it. I want to laminate her head. Carla, stop it. I want to laminate her head. <laughs> so I'm going to put my dick into laminator instead. Oh, God. Oh, it's for oh. a rap lyric. Oh, that rhymes. That's a lyric. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't do it in real life, I can't rap about it, Carla. That's why I'm trying to become invisible in this darkness. <laughs> He's just in the bedroom turning the lights off. And the lights off. Now you can yeah. see me. Now you can't. Now you can see me. Now you can't. I'm invisible. Darkness. <laughs> oh. But I this scene to Paul Bernardo, <laughs> <laughs> fucking dickhead. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, the 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 prison he's staying at. If you could just give him a phone or or a computer just for a few hours, so he could hear this. Tell him, show tell him. All oh, they're talking all. They're talking all about you, Paul. They love you so much, and just I imagine he would cry. Now all this seemed to deepen whatever psychological issues Paul was having. Um, he ended up, he even ended up killing and eating their pet iguana because it had the uh, it had the audacity to whip him with its tail. So he fucking killed it and ate it. He so um, shot at him and called him a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> now after uh, after a less than eventful trip to Montreal, Paul was at his wit's end to the point that when he returned, he beat Carla several times with a flashlight in the back of the head. And I, from what I understand, it was one of those big, like metal mag light flashlights, not like a little plastic. A 1980s flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. A 1980 cop flashlight. <laughs> Boom. The types yeah. they use in riots. It's like now on January. Transformers arm. So it's like <laughs> fucking huge things. <laughs> yeah. On January 5th, 1993, Dorothy Homolka received two anonymous phone calls telling her to look at her daughter's face. She drove up to Martindale Animal Clinic and found Carla, eyes pitch black from beatings. At lunchtime, they went to... Where do you think they went to lunch, Dan? Where do you, where, where do you think, of all the places they could go, they went to lunch, Dan? Not Arby's. I can give you a hint. Um, They're loving it. They serve pizza there. I'm assuming. And spaghetti. So it's obviously the Olive Garden. (laughs) They got some uh, Big Mac carbonara. Uh, I can't believe I even thought of that. (laughs) It's going to haunt my dreams. Uh, They, of course, went to McDonald's. And Carla admitted to her mother that Paul was hitting her. She said that she would leave him. Obviously, she didn't. Not yet. Uh, the Homolkas went to the house the next night, found Carla home alone. Paul was out on a cigarette run. Uh, in worse shape than she had been the day before. Um, they had gone on a cigarette run the night before, after they came and saw her. And uh, he hit her all the way from St. Catharines to Niagara Falls. It's about a 32-minute drive. He just constantly beating the fuck out of her the whole way. Finally, after some time, 
Carla got up and climbed the ladder in the garage and started rummaging through the junk in the upper platform, looking for the tapes, but Paul had moved them. So she came back down, sat in the love seat, and told the family that it was Paul that killed Tammy. Carla's father grabbed as many of the photos as Tammy that he could. Apparently, they were a lot. They took Carla and left. They went to a friend of Carla's sister's, Lori's, uh, whose husband just happened to be a Toronto police officer. They called the Niagara Regional Police because apparently the Toronto police can't do anything. It's like, hmm, I don't know what to do here. Let me call a different police station where they don't fuck shit up every day. <laughs> so the Niagara Regional Police took Carla to the hospital, and the doctor said it was the worst case of abuse he had ever seen. I mean, I, I have a real hard time feeling bad for Carla Homolka. She got beat up. Yeah, she killed two people. Well, yeah, three people, technically. Like, yeah, fuck her. Yeah. Uh, they took pictures of all her bruises. <laughs> for those of you who are listening and not watching, he just flipped off the camera, which I'm assuming is for Carla and not me. Uh, they, the took pictures. <laughs> <laughs> they took pictures of all her bruises, uh, pictures which included her wrists that just so happened to have a Mickey Mouse watch wrapped around it. Oh, uh, the plot. Thickens. This is the uh, part when, when in a TV show or a movie it goes. <laughs> it's a zoom in. When Paul got home from the run he was on, the police were waiting for him. They arrested him and took him to the same station he went to the night Tammy died. He was charged with assault with a weapon and then released on his own recognizance. Usually, if you attack somebody with a weapon, you stay in jail for, you know, at least a night. Not Paul. Not, not Paul. His officer Doofus <laughs> take... is over the goddamn case still. <laughs> they just, they take him to the police station and he's like, you know who I am? I'm Paul Bernardo. They usually let me go after a couple of minutes. And they're like, oh, we're sorry. And they unlock the handcuffs and say, please, sir. They open up the door and they let him out. Like, Look yeah, the new material, by the way. Keep going. That's what I thought. He drops a CD on the thing. That's what I thought. Here, you go ahead and listen to this. Or a mixtape, tape. Tape, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> mixtape. Yeah. You go ahead and listen to this. They put it on. It's just him going, I'm a deadly innocent guy. Carla was so hurt by what Paul had done, not just this last time, but over the past few years that she started writing in a journal about how horrible he was. She had finally seen the light, supposedly, and fell out of love with him. I have my own theory, but whatever. Now, Monday, February 1st, 1993, after two years of waiting, the DNA results finally came back from all the tests of all the suspects in the Scarborough rape case. Forensic scientist Kim Johnston called Detective Irwin, Paul Bernardo, the clean-cut, seemingly upstanding citizen, had raped at least three of the survivors of the Scarborough Rapist, including Sharon Moon. Irwin organized 24-hour surveillance on Paul. He filed paperwork to have his phone tapped. They found out about the abuse charges in Niagara. Two days later, the Homolkas received a call that Carla's future ex-husband had become a suspect in a serious investigation, and they wanted to sit down and talk to the family. 
The detective got a hold of Alex Smirnas to get the videos of Bernardo's wedding, and Alex told told him that Paul took the camcorder everywhere. Paul would quickly shoot up to the top of the list for every rape in the area, plus the Mahaffey and French murders. February 8th, Carla went to the, fam- to the funeral of a family friend where she was reacquainted with Norma, who had been hanging out with Lori Homolka. If you are, why are you having anything to do with anyone in this entire family after that shit? I don't know, but she was still friends with Lori. Uh, Norma let Carla know that she blamed Paul for 100% of what happened and that Carla was under his spell. She then let Carla and Lori know that Paul had indeed raped her twice that past December. So all this, I just wanted you to have sex with me. You fucking raped her anyway. So what's Uh it matter? But I want her to tell me she loves me. And Merry Christmas. (laughs) I want her to say Merry Christmas to my penis. I don't know what's so difficult about that to understand. Uh, Carla found out that Paul had maxed out all of her credit cards and now couldn't afford a divorce lawyer. But because she was an abuse victim, she was able to obtain a legal aid certificate so the government would take care of all her lawyer's Virginia Workman fees. Uh, She also got him kicked out of the Masons and gave Customs a description of his car to keep him from smuggling cigarettes. Ah, She told him about the white Camaro. How could she do that? Now they'll be looking out for the white Camaro too. He's got a purple Trans Am. He likes to drive back and forth over the border. Uh, It's a grave digger. It's a grave digger. digger. (laughs) Don't worry about the monster truck driving back and forth from from Canada to New York. It's it's much smaller. It's a Fiat. He drives a Fiat. Now, eventually, the detectives were able to sit down with Carla, and they told her that they were investigating her husband for a series of violent sexual assaults and asked her what she thought. Like, what do you think about that? At that point, she just wanted to, quote, let bygones be bygones. She just wanted her stuff back and to go their separate ways. At this time, she had already met a new guy and had a new boyfriend. Um, I don't really get into that, but she was. She was sleeping with somebody new already. Uh, She knew that if they looked into him, they would look into her. And that would be bad. Yeah. So... She's just like, just give me my shit back. That's all I want. Just, I just want to go separate ways. But instead of acting shocked or not saying anything at all, they're like, uh, your husband is wanted for, is uh, a suspect in some pretty major sexual assault cases. She's just like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's find something that does surprise you then. Yeah. For fuck, what the fuck? You mean nothing? So if somebody came to me and says, your wife is wanted for a series of murders in the Lower East Side, I'd be like, what? Not like, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Even though my initial Not reaction in, my, my initial reaction internally to find out that my wife had killed somebody in some fit of rage over something stupid would be, yeah, I could see that happening. But outwardly, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, no, I'm so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> somebody was standing in the doorway at a Walmart they wouldn't move and she just freaked out and beat them to death with a frozen baguette <laughs> I'd be like sounds about right yeah <sighs> yeah 
Uh, in a complete People departure of passive aggressive, <laughs> in a complete departure of what they had done with Paul, they interviewed Carla for almost five hours, which is what you're supposed to do. Uh, it started with just questions based on the rapes in Scarborough, but after about an hour, things started to change. They asked Carla if she had a Mickey Mouse wristwatch, and she suddenly became visibly nervous. She claimed it belonged to Lori, and she had borrowed it. Uh, they were going to want to take that watch. They asked her for her fingerprints, which she did not want to give them. She had to, but she didn't want to. She started telling them about her abuse and that anything she did was because Paul forced her to. She did, however, tell her aunt and uncle, whom she was staying with at the time, that Paul was indeed the Scarborough rapist, and he killed Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French. They soon got a hold of a criminal lawyer, George Walker. She told him everything. Like at first, he didn't even want to meet with her. He, he, he went to his office, and she's just like, there. He's like, all right, let's fucking hear what this lady has to say. What the fuck shit's going on? And by the time they're done with the meeting, said he walked out of his office just going, fuck. <laughs> God damn this is not good for me. This is not good for anybody. Uh, she said if if he could get her immunity, she would testify against Paul in court, and she would do her best to give them all the evidence, including the tapes. It's like, listen, I'll tell you everything. I'll stand in court and say that he did it all. I'll even give you all the evidence that clearly shows that I am just as guilty as he is if I don't go to jail. Because <laughs> that's, how, that's, that's how it works. And just imagine him turning around and slapping the wrist to Mickey Mouse wrist watch down on the table and then turn around turns to him like, looks like you're out of time. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> For those of you who are listening and not watching, Dan did the whole turnaround, put the sunglasses on like CSI. <laughs> they took my, uh, my eye out, don't you? Because I shook my actual glasses into my eye. I just, okay. she's so, she does such stupid shit. I would have, I, I figured she would be like, go to the police and be like, listen, we did it. We killed these curls. <laughs> and I will do, I will tell that in court. And I will even give you tapes that show me raping and, and possibly murdering these girls. Um, if you just don't take me to jail. And they're like, Sure. Let me just get out yeah, my tape yeah. recorder real quick, and you just repeat everything off the you record. just said. <laughs> yeah, she walks in. She's like, "Hey, everybody, off the record. Yeah. Just off the record." Because yeah. that's, that's how it works. That's how it works. Let's say one day, me and Paul, I don't know, murdered a girl. Um, would I be on the hook for that too? <laughs> Now, it did take a while, but George Walker finally got back a hold of Carla for a meeting. Uh, during said meeting, he let Carla know that she was going to jail. There's no blanket immunity for, for this. Uh, the only question is, how much time and where? So Carla resigned herself to her fate and signed an authorization for him to continue negotiations. She would also have to drop her new life with her new boyfriend, living with her aunt and uncle, and move back in with her parents. Now, on February 17th, Paul was arrested 
on the three Scarborough rapes and the murders of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French, as well as the sexual assault of Cheryl Jenkins on Henley Island and the rapes of Norma Taylor. On February 19th, police, exe- uh, police executed the search warrants for Paul and Carla's house and found an amazing amount of evidence. Paul had written descriptions of every one of the Scarborough rapes, plus an extensive library of books and videos on sexual deviation, pornography, and serial killers. What the fuck? is wrong with you. I'm glad he, he, he documented all that stuff because it helped convict his ass, obviously, but yeah. like like how stupid. I'm sorry, so he probably has like drawings done of the boxes with the concrete and like, so here's the game plan. Uh, first get the boxes, then get the concrete, then put the body parts in the concrete <laughs> and bring concrete body parts to river. You know, and it's just this whole plan, like drawn out on a map, the entire thing. He's got he's got eight little box or seven little boxes. One box is bigger in a garbage bag, and then he drew one other little box has little tufts of hair coming off of it. It's <laughs> a little diorama made up and everything. I just imagine it's like a, like a journal. It's got one of those little locks on it. You had to have a tiny key for like your you know you like your little heart shape lock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you open it up. It's like raped a girl today. Had a blast. She smelled like vanilla. Had and has like hearts topped on all the eyes and shit. It's like why the why are you writing this? Down? What the fuck is wrong with? <laughs> Dear and then diary. I remember. <laughs> and I, I remember been to you in a while. The type of brain that we're working with here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The police also found one brief home video that indicated that there had been more than one predator in the Bernardo house. Uh, quite explicitly, the sh- explicitly, the short video showed Carla as an enthusiastic lesbian in sexual acts with two other women. I don't know why that mattered, but apparently they wanted to point it out in the book. Um, a week later, George Walker and Murray Siegel, a plea bargain specialist for the Attorney General, discussed the deal with Carla. Carla would get 12 years in prison for each of the two victims, but the sentences would be served concurrently. She would be eligible for parole in a little over three years with good behavior. Can you fucking imagine? Three people are dead. And you get three years with good behavior. It's a justice system. Yeah. The government even agreed to contact the parole board on Carla's behalf, pointing out to them the importance of her testimony against Paul. Siegel would do what he could to arrange for Carla to serve her serve out her sentence in a psychiatric hospital instead of a prison. The trial would be very brief, and she would waive her right to a preliminary hearing. In exchange for this leniency, Carla would agree to tell the absolute truth about her involvement in the crimes and everything she knew about them. Carla agreed unconditionally. That's one of those things. You make a plea deal... If you lie even once, that plea deal is taken off the, off the table, and you are on the hook for everything. So in early March, Carla was checked into a psychiatric hospital for assessment. She was given heavy doses of drugs and insisted on being given, being given even larger doses. She's like, "Here's some drugs. Can I have some more, please? <laughs> you can't, you can't have drugs until you finish your meat." <laughs> 
<laughs> I want some more, sir. Her trial started on June 28th, 1993. Her psychiatrist report, uh, her psychiatric report helped set the stage for the plea bargain deal. Dr. Malcolm, the psychologist, concluded that Carla, quote, knew what was happening, but she felt totally helpless and unable to act in her own defense or in anyone else's defense. She was, in my opinion, paralyzed with fear and in a state that become, and in that state became obedient and self-serving. Bullshit. But okay. Uh, at the end uh, of the trial... He's, yeah. he's full of shit in Jurassic Park, too, so... <laughs> at the end of the trial, the media people left allowed only to report a few of the details so that the jury pool that would be selected in the future uh, for Paul's trial would not be tainted by information they heard or read before the trial. Expecting a public outcry over the plea bargain, Murray Siegel chose to make a statement. Quote, Why not a greater penalty in the light of horrendous facts? Without her, the true state of affairs might never be known. A guilty plea is the traditional hallmark of remorse. Her age, her lack of criminal record, the abuse and influence of her husband, and her somewhat secondary role were factors. She's unlikely to reoffend. Which, Jesus, I guess... Carla would have never gone to the extent that she went to if she hadn't have been with Paul. I'm sure that he... Yeah, I don't she sh- would have been in trouble at some, some yeah. way, shape, or form. But yeah, I don't think she would have ever I think that, that she... At some point, she probably would have got caught for some type of sexual abuse, harassment, <clears throat> something like that. But I don't think she would have gone as far. But to say that she was innocent because of the because of Paul made her do this shit is just complete BS. Well, she, she was well enough for that to start. Like she was yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was that. younger, she was into that type of shit. Uh, I imagine you, if she had never met Paul, you would have ended up found finding some guy tied up to a metal bed in a basement at some point, And she was using him as her own sex life, but she wouldn't have murdered him. Anyway, Paul's trial started much later, May of 1995. The jury and media that were in the courtroom, had to watch the videos of each sexual assault three times. Can you fucking imagine? Every no, night you. going home, being like, I can't believe she shit on him. That was awesome. <laughs> That's why he watched that one seven times. <laughs> you, yeah, like, just play it again, play it again. Just, just state's attorney being like, now watch this part plays it and then he rewinds it watch it again it's great just goes right into his chest just watch, watch. no see see the angle Woo, man can we get a bigger tv can we get a bigger tv <laughs> slow-mo watch this you keep pressing pause button it goes slow motion watch it. well they don't even have slow-mo then they just yeah they just have the pause it pause play pause play pause play pause play <laughs> uh finally on september 1st 1995 bernardo was convicted on all charges against him regarding the kidnappings rapes and murders of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French. He also faced trials in the death of Tammy Homolka and the serial rapes in Scarborough. Now, as a part of the plea deal, Carla was never able to make a dime off her story in any way. She's never, she's not able to sell it to Lifetime, write a book about it, anything like that. It's She can't make any money off of this. She was released from prison July 4th, 2005. She served out the entire 12-year sentence. In prison, not a psychiatric hospital. Nope. Yeah. 
Now, while in prison, she acquired a bachelor's degree in psychology from Queen's University. And as of the latest information available, she is reported to be living in Quebec, Canada. In her post-prison life, Homolka is said to have entered into a new marriage with her lawyer's brother and is rumored to have three children. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine I Christmas dinner. Now, the lawyer <laughs> who can, can't say things for obvious reasons without getting disbarred, sitting there the entire time. You know, potentially knowing more than anybody else in the entire world, aside from Carla, as to stuff that happened that, she, that he can't say. And here's his brother sitting there, the grandkids, all with the thousand yard death stare on them. You know, all looking like complete little creeps, just. <laughs> just dead eyed. <laughs> you get me for Christmas, like one, one, one of them at Christmas, and one of them, first off, they're at Christmas, everybody's saying Merry Christmas, and Carla's just like, <laughs> yeah. uh, but one of her kids does something stupid, and she's like, <sighs> she looks up at her husband. Like, Have you ever seen anybody do something so stupid? And her brother in law <laughs> is just like, Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I sure have. Yeah, he just pulled the ball. <laughs> Now, under Canadian law, Bernardo can apply for parole after 25 years in prison. I believe his last parole uh, hearing was denied. Uh, Paul has since been moved to a medium security prison in Quebec to receive treatment for sexual offenders. He is now bald. Oh, Dan's my. like, so, the fuck's yeah. wrong with that? Fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just, well, it's the fact that he loved his looks so much that they, you know, he lost his hair. He gained a bunch of he fucking bleached weight. bleached too much, obviously. You know, Probably. Get to his the, tie-dye hair, dude. <laughs> they, they keep beating him up in prison because he won't stop trying to rap. I mean, it's just... <laughs> and that's the very frustrating story of Paul Bernardo... And Carla Homolka. Which, and frustrating is a word for it. Thank you, Kevin. (laughs) Yes. Dan, do we have any pop culture? There is loads of pop culture stuff. Yeah, there's absolute tons of stuff. There's rumored to be references to things as well. Like, let's say, for example, the second episode of The Mentalist is based around what our respectable murderous husband and wife team is supposed to be taking some influence. Um, You know, what exactly what you would expect like episodes of criminal minds law and order stuff like that um have yeah. references uh everything that you could ever think of yeah so there is a discovery plus um series as well the ken and barbie killers lost tapes that was apparently mm-hmm. premiered if you're american or premiered if you're anybody else um four episode thing uh the rush song nobody's hero is about a murder of a young girl and Neil Peart's hometown that is apparently related to the cases, allegedly. Huh. That's yeah. according to Wiki. Anyway, um, ah, Wiki Wiki. Yeah, so you never know. It could be completely yeah, unrelated. That, that, uh, yeah, that could just be somebody made it up and put it in there. Exactly. Um, there is a reference in the Netflix Don't Fuck With Cats thing. Um, there's also the three absolutely amazing and fantastic episodes of the Torture Podcast that talk about it at length. I have to check that out. Um, yeah, there's the uh, my new documentary I'm coming out, uh, Don't Fuck a Sandwich. Um, <laughs> and I found a song 
by uh it's called uh something blue okay yeah, okay there kevin are you yeah <laughs> you that, just was, that, that, that got me <laughs> <laughs> um it's called something blue by rich hillen jr and the world famous Crawl Space Brothers. Now I don't know how world famous they are because it's my first time ever hearing of them. Yeah. Um, I'll link it over to you anyway. Um, you can. Uh, oh, oh, accidentally just stick it on there again. It's blasting my. The ear. world famous everywhere except Ireland, Dan. That's the problem. You haven't heard. Uh, of Nobody in Ireland knows of them. Nobody outside of whatever town they live in heard of them. So they're town. They're world famous. famous. They're from the they're from the town of World. They're world ah, okay. <laughs> Right, well, there you go. Now you can listen to a horrible song in your own time. Um, okay. No offense to Rich Hillen Jr. and all that. It's not my thing. I don't like the song. Is it like so, country? Oh, it, it's. I don't know. It, it's. I'm not going to. It's like it something you'd expect to hear on a skate skating game soundtrack, but. Oh, okay. A very low budget skating game soundtrack, if you get. You know, you can <laughs> tell it's super like indie, hoppy punky. Thing. It's not Tony Hawk's pro skater. It's Anthony Eagles amateur. Yeah, yeah. Skate Basically, park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. something like that. <laughs> it's Anthony Eagles overground. <laughs> Five. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that's kind of <sighs> yeah. It's like yeah. It, there, there's obviously just loads of TV shows like okay, like uh, the case specifically about Carla is featured in some uh, show called deadly sins according to this um there are two references to podcasts here so i'm gonna have to probably add ours if i can figure out how to add stuff into yeah wiki should be an edit button somewhere but yeah you um, should you should just delete it all and just type in fuck paul bernardo and carla hamolka and that's all the information anybody ever needs about them ever (laughs) just delete their entire wiki page and be like fuck them You don't. Well, who did they kill? You don't need to. It doesn't fuck you. The fuck them. That's all you need to know. Fuck them. You don't need to go back. Learn. You know. The only learning about Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamolka you need to do is listening to this podcast and then saying fuck them. That's it. That's it. That's all you got. I'm changing. <sighs> uh, the early life. Paul Bernardo says Paul Bernardo was born in, and I'm changing to Paul Bernardo is a complete creep asshole. <laughs> Spawned like from to... his mother's womb. With the black mark of death. <laughs> With an affinity for, for Strami on Rye. I see, I don't know. Um, oh, somebody has to approve them. Oh, fuck. Well, All right. Those changes anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's up there at the moment. I don't know if you're able to see it right now, but it says Paul Bernardo is a complete creep asshole who likes to fuck sandwiches <laughs> Scarborough. I doubt, I, I doubt it's popped up yet. <laughs> Uh, thank you to our patrons, Inqui- Inquisitor Willow Quinn Fowler, Inquisitor Shrayamondi, and our torture noob, MX, MX Sinister 26. Um, if you would like for us to read your email or, or DM or anything on, on the show, or uh, again, do the call to action. Let us know where you've heard of the show, what is your favorite parts of the show, uh, torturepod at gmail.com, uh, at torturepod on Instagram, Twitter, all that good shit. Uh, rate review us wherever you listen and wherever you can go to our youtube page uh we got some you know a bunch of shit on there uh donate to the show link tree um you can buy us coffee buy me a coffee.com slash torture pod 
Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash torturepod. Uh, free week at our Cult Eater tier. Go to Redbubble and buy some of our merch, redbubble.com slash people slash torturepod. And you can get the shirt and the hoodie that Dan have on right now. You can get the hat or the shirt that I have on right now, my Gilda Ray on hat day. Fascination of white room and bacon and bacon and bacon and bacon and bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for a hint for our next episode, I don't understand why captives at Guantanamo Bay thought Ron DeSantis was so handsome. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's all you get. Dan, any more words of wisdom before we let people finally go? Yeah, um, don't give uh, detectives their detective license from uh, completing games of Clue, which is what most of the Canadian police force seems to be made out of. Mostly, too, yeah, Toronto, at least. Yeah. Just it was... Cluedo no, it, for my European yeah, compadres. It was Mr. Green with the candlestick in the library. No, it was actually Miss Scarlet with the candlestick in the library, but you were close enough. Here's yeah. your diploma. Well, you were right about yeah. driving to my Camaro anyway. Yeah. It Idiot. was Mr. Green and the cream-colored Camaro in the schoolyard. Oh! <laughs> you got the Camaro right, so that's all we need. All right. Well... <sighs> Never again do we have to talk about this douchebag, and I'm so happy for him. So oh, we will. Take though. care. <laughs> well, yeah, we will bring him up constantly and talk about how much we hate him and how stupid he was. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And we'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Fuck you, Paul Bernardo. <laughs> and see. Okay. Bye, bro.